Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Thursday the 13th of August. Well, I hope you're all doing uh, good and you're enjoying the summer. I certainly am and uh, in this episode of Small Biz Pod we focus on eBay and what eBay can do for businesses. As many people know, there are a lot of successful businesses that have started from eBay, a lot of e-tailers, e-commerce uh, success stories that, that had their early days in eBay, but a lot of businesses are using eBay to extend their online channel and markets. So uh, I talked to Sue Bailey, who's the founder of one of the best-known websites on uh, how to get the most from eBay, and to Dan Wilson, who uh, was one of the uh, earliest employees of eBay in the UK. He, if What he doesn't know about eBay isn't worth knowing. So stay tuned to find out how you can maybe set up your own eBay business and or make the most of eBay as another channel to reach customers online. Other than that, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody who's joined the Small Biz Pod Facebook group. Really amazing to see 2,350 plus people already there. Uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs, startups, people looking to start up. Uh, by all means, join the group. It would be wonderful to see you there. It also gives uh, you an opportunity to uh, catch up on uh, various hints, tips, additional information that I send out to that group once in a while. I'm no spammer, as somebody said to me on Twitter. Uh, you've probably forgotten that I'm going to send you anything. But uh, yeah, once or twice a month, I'll send you some additional info, which I hope you find useful. And uh, yeah, it'd be good to see you over there. Just go to smallbizpod.co.uk and click on the uh, Join the Facebook group um, button square on that uh, right-hand side of the homepage. Okay, so uh, before we go into those interviews with Sue Bailey and Dan Wilson, I just wanted to say a big thank you as ever to this month's sponsors of Small Biz Pod, and that's Dell Computers. Now, Dell, quite apart from being... Uh, really fantastic value for money, uh, their computers. Um, they have got a massive range, as you many of you will know, of desktops, laptops, uh, the new netbooks as well, which I think are fantastically useful for uh, those on the move. Um, whether you're you know, looking for mobility or productivity gains, reliability, support, or as I say, just great value for money at a time when every penny counts, uh, Dell is certainly... Uh, the place to go, I reckon, for uh, computers. My wife, incidentally, has just bought for her business a, a Dell netbook, uh, which I'm eyeing enviously at the moment. Um, it's a Dell Mini 10, I think. Really, really very good. Um, so, yeah, um, check out what Dell has to offer. Uh, head over to smallbizpod.co.uk forward slash Dell offers. Or just simply go to smallbizpod.co.uk and click on one of the banners there to find out more about how you can save money on your IT and computer equipment. So now let's go straight into those interviews on eBay. Okay, well, we may be in a recession, but uh, e-commerce and e-retail seems to be continuing to storm ahead. Um, predictions that in 2009, online spending will grow by $2.4 billion have been made recently um, and I think the overall kind of market for the for the year is expected to be something like 20.9 billion in online spending by consumers. Now right at the outset of course one of the first experiences that many of us have, will have had with 
e-commerce online, um, particularly if you were a, an individual selling stuff, is eBay. Um, and that is the subject of today's podcast. And I'm really, really, really very pleased to have basically two of the uh, best known kind of uh, I'm not going to use the word gurus but they they really do know what they're, they really do know what they're talking about when they come to eBay and those two people are Dan Wilson who uh, was one of the people who founded eBay in the UK and has written um uh, a couple of excellent books on how to uh, make money successfully on eBay um and Sue, ba- Sue Bailey who uh has basically runs Tame eBay uh, as the site's called which is a blog and resource for anyone interested in uh, making a success of trading online through the system. So, uh, Dan and Sue, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Nice to be here. Now, um, let's start with you, Sue. Um, You were on eBay quite a long while back. April 2000, I think, is when you first started. That's right. Uh, Wasn't it a whole lot easier then? I mean, like anything on the web, if if uh, if you're in there early, you get to build your reputation um what was it like in those early days it was a whole bunch easier in that there were a lot fewer sellers and and there was the whole sort of novelty of buying things online and buying things through online auctions was there yeah the flip side of that was that all this sort of um the support surrounding eBay wasn't there at all there was no PayPal for example so if you wanted to buy something from the UK from a US seller you were sending um you know, $20 bills in envelopes across the Atlantic and things like yes. that. So it was, you know, it's, it's changed a lot and it's not, not all for the worse. Some of it's, um, some of it has got a lot easier. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute. And, and Dan, in setting it up, what was it, what was it like being a kind, what is it, what's a, a kind of technology startup really? Uh, what was it like being there at the beginning? Yeah, in the UK, I mean, it's almost um, 10 years to the day actually since eBay started operating in the UK uh, in sort of July, August, uh, 99. And it was a startup, you know, eBay's strategy was international, uh, expansion. So they, they bought a site in Germany and they started from scratch in the UK and it was, you know, eight guys in a room yeah. and, and women, obviously as well. It was actually the first MD was a woman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was chaotic. It was crazy. And I think what's quite interesting and Sue sort of alluded to this, is there was absolutely no expectation that there was no guarantee that eBay, <laughs> eBay or e-commerce was going to succeed. Yeah, and you know, and and if you want to sort of look back to the, you know, the early part of the twenty first century in terms of e-commerce, you know, there are a lot of people who thought that this was just a fad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it also, I mean, launched just before the dot com bubble burst, of course. Yeah, it did. I mean, I mean, eBay, eBay sort of strangely sort of managed to sort of avoid the great ups and downs in a sense it hasn't followed the same path it sort of weathered the dot-com boom um and bust very very effectively um it's sort of only really the advent of of uh, google and greater competition from amazon yeah it, that it sort of isn't it isn't the golden child anymore but it is kind of I mean, and and very appropriately for you know these recessionary times it is kind of or, or conceptually you'd think it would be kind of counter recessionary in that you know all of a sudden people are you know individuals and businesses are looking at other ways to sell stuff whether it's personal items or um spare stock or whatever um and eBay seems like a natural resource to get that done i think it is and, and e-commerce is bucking the trend in the recession uh, more so here than in the states. Um, 
uh, e-commerce is extremely buoyant over here. I suspect that's because it's more nascent. Um, but yeah, certainly the, in the sort of in the good times, if you like, one of the problems eBay faced was actually uh, persuading people to get off their ass and actually sell something. <laughs> uh, because you know, sometimes the uh, the sort of incentive of making a few quid wasn't it wasn't quite enough. Yeah. So uh, you know, but the 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 purse strings tighter. That that sort of is a bit more of a bit more of an incentive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, now, that very much, of course, is is at the kind of um, personal end. I think a lot of individuals have sold, I don't know, an old bike or, a, or, or you know, a, a laptop that they don't use anymore, or various items online, or maybe experimented with a little bit of trading. But it's kind of um, uh, eBay prompted you know, real businesses, you know, real businesses to, 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 to be created and to thrive. Um, and Sue, you were one of those businesses, weren't you? I was, yeah. I think, I mean, like a lot of people, I, I sort of got into it by accident. Um, I sold off a few um, actual glass beads um, that I had lying about the house and, and suddenly, you know, listed these on eBay and they'd sold within a few hours and thought, this is quite good, I'll try this again. Yeah. And really, within a couple of months, with no... Um, no costs to set it up, no, you know, website building costs or, or real, you know, stock costs, anything like that. Mm. I had a business that, you know, was, was just sort of building itself and snowballing. And I think that's that's why eBay did so well in the UK, that, you know, people had this this opportunity to start working for themselves without having to make this great plunge from you know, quitting a salaried job. Yeah. Um, you, it's, you know, it's very easy to get things started up in your, in your spare time with no real overheads. It's that kind of five to niner thing, isn't it? Where, yeah, you know, the, those, those jobs that people do after work, as it were. Yeah, very much so. Um, now, I'm intrigued though. Did you, were you, met, you, had, you say you had some um, glass beads hanging around. Did you make them? I mean, where, you say you didn't no. have any stock issues. Where, where, where did no, they come I, from? No, I bought them to, um, I bought them to make some make some fancy dress jewellery with okay. and had some stuff left over and just we were going to be moving house. I needed to get cleared out. So, And so you kind of, uh, you, you sold those, made a profit and with the profit invested it in stock or, or how did yep. that work? Yeah, that's, you just... that, that's exactly, you, do, you basically, you, you don't pay yourself any, any income for a few months and, and invest everything back into stock. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and there you go. And, and within three months I quit my job. Fantastic, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Now, Dan, you should know because you were the inside track. How did how did you and how do you now get yourself noticed on eBay amidst all the noise? If you are thinking about starting now, I think if you're going to start now, you can't you can't be as haphazard as Sue was. Um, <laughs> no, I totally agree. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and of course, that is how a lot of the early sellers began. A lot of people did just slide into it. And the flip side of that is actually that. One of the problems um, that eBay faces, there's quite a lot of unsophisticated business folk out there and suddenly people find they're running quite big operations with, with no background in business. Yeah. Um, and that, that itself presents the same problems, um, which isn't, which isn't say it's a bad thing, but it's just the case. Nowadays, I think you've got to be quite, um, quite tenacious, as you always do in business, and actually sort of sit down, do a plan, do a bit of research, work out what you're going to sell. Um, but that said... The, the same thing's true. You don't need a great deal of capital to, to kick off. Um, you don't need um, proper premises. You can do it from home. Um, and 
but you do have to be quite methodical. I also think that the horizon of three months that Sue enjoyed from <laughs> kicking off the quitting job is probably um, a little bit a bit ambitious. Too ambitious nowadays. <sighs> not to say it's not possible, but I I think what we're seeing now at the moment is people if they are um, if they are starting from scratch, they are doing it as a top up income. Yeah. Or it, it's a lot of businesses which are already trading who are who are finding growth and profit you know, on the top of what they're doing from, from the internet and eBay. Yeah. Is that just simply a symptom of uh, basically all the niches being flooded, as it were? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I think that if you can, I think there are, there are plenty of niches and there are plenty of places that if you can get your stock at the right price, that you can, that you can, you can sell and, and sell well. I think it's just that the ease of getting started due to things like eBay changing the feedback and what they call the detailed seller ratings. You know, feedback isn't just about positive and negative now. You've got to have a proven track record on how good you are at describing your items and how quickly you dispatch. So that makes the run-up slower. And also the way that items are displayed now are in search. So you go in searching for that, that bike. It's not just a case of showing the items ending soonest. Um, they also sort of make a judgment based on how experienced, decent and well-reviewed a seller you are. Yeah. So uh, quite a lot of it then comes down to the way you market your business and your, your products on eBay. It's not a question of like chucking yeah. up a photo and putting down a sort of product spec from a Which website. Which certainly, it certainly used to be just, you know, if, if you list it, they will buy it. And that's that really has changed now. It, it is about running a proper business and having a marketing strategy and you know owning your niche as it were and, and making sure that you're one step ahead of the competition all the time now you say marketing strategy i'm as you probably gathered i've sold you know an old bike and a laptop on ebay but that's about as far as it goes okay. um uh, to me i think marketing strategy on ebay i mean how, what what how what what actual techniques can you use on ebay within the system to get yourself uh, recognized beyond beyond the you know doing the right things so that your approval ratings go up notches coming from the corporate world you see you might have a, a slightly different view of what a marketing strategy is to <laughs> when we say market, marketing strategy we don't mean top executives in a room and by powerpoint we, we mean we mean an old envelope with 10 with 10 bullet points on that you'll stick to you know yeah that's pretty much how i run a small biz pod i have to say <laughs> exactly i mean I, what what the thing about eBay is that you don't just differentiate yourself on price. In fact, very often you can get better prices with better descriptions. And a marketing strategy is about saying, you know, what's my product mix? Uh, what's a, you know, do I have lost leaders that are in auctions that drag uh, traffic through to my shop? Are my pictures absolutely the best and sexiest that, that there are out there? Are my titles working hard enough? It's that sort of thing. It's yeah. it's quite it's quite sort of technocratic. It's not about sort of um, sort of, you know, what we might traditionally call a marketing strategy. But the tweaks and the expertise and, you know, getting each and every listing right is is, is really where the strength of your marketing lies, I, I'd say. Of course, with all of these things, um, I mean, Sue, community increasingly is very important online. And, I mean, your own yeah. site, Tame eBay, has got a tremendous sense of community around it and, and, and good, you know, there's clearly a, a loyal eBay, there's a loyal group of eBay sellers and there's a community to tap into. 
that must help, mustn't it? Developing relationships with sellers and buyers on eBay in that kind of community way. Yeah, eBay's always been like that, though. I mean, right right from the beginning, um, it's been a group of people who are very willing to help each other along. It's always had the idea that, you know, what's what's good for one of us is good for all of us. You know, going back 10 years, I'm sitting on eBay forums helping people with HTML. So it's it's not not something that's unique to Tone Bay, um, although we do have a really fantastic group of people Um who re- who read the site and comment on the site? Presumably, you can. L- oh, I'm going to use a horrible marketing word there for a minute. Presumably, you can kind of work in other communities. I mean, you know, using Twitter and Facebook and so on and so forth to um, to, yeah. to to kind of persuade people to visit what you've got to offer on on. I haven't, I haven't seen not. it working effectively. No, neither have I. I've really? seen a lot of people doing it very very badly. Yeah. Particularly on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a group of people who are using every. There's there's about half a dozen eBay plugins for Facebook, eBay app, uh, Facebook applications, I should say. Yeah. And these people are using all of them all the time. Their entire profile, your entire friend feed, <laughs> is full of their eBay stuff. Yeah. They've now found a thing that will spew their eBay listings onto Twitter, and they're. Oh no. You, so they list a hundred items, and there's a hundred tweets with. Oh, you're with kidding. Their, it's just. It's so horrible. That, so I'm really, I'm really looking for some examples of people doing it well, and I have to say, at the moment, I'm not seeing any. Because you would think, I mean, if you if you were just kind of positioning yourself as kind of knowledgeable um, and helpful and considerate on, ah, oh, for the sake of argument, glass beads, then yeah. people are going to find you that way, um, and by you know by by reference and reputation. Um, also look at other stuff you're doing like selling glass beads would that work is that or am I being incredibly simplistic Dan about uh, community and the web bearing in mind that you were a community manager at eBay well eBay but I mean to, to you know to stand up for eBay and you know and I don't think to say there's nothing there, eBay was the first web 2 company yeah um, and I, I hate phrases like web 2 and user generated content and social media but it's entirely based on it you know, just look at feedback. It's user-generated content. It's people in charge of the um, in the marketplace, and all the items to sell are for sale by people, and not by eBay itself. So, um, yes, I think what you know. The other thing about that though is that eBay, if you like, has never been cool. Um, mm. It's a sort of it's a very workaday site. It's not you know designers constantly criticise it, but it really works. And I think that's because, interestingly, and I think part of eBay's success. Has been it's actually reached out to people who aren't necessarily, uh, you know, webaholics or real yeah. internet people. Yeah. yeah, it's really it's really every day. So when you think about the, and I don't don't want to speak for you, but you think about the people who are buying Sue's beads. Yeah, you know, um, I suspect you're talking about a lot of women, probably quite a lot of older women in some cases, who maybe aren't necessarily that experienced online. But Sue yeah. can speak to that. That's no, that's true. That's that's accurate. Let's move on a little bit and just consider whether there is, and indeed whether there are businesses, I assume there are businesses doing this on eBay, to kind of use it as an opportunity to sell stock, remainders, etc., etc., um, to improve cash flow at, at that end of their business. So they may be, let's for the sake of argument, say they may be running a chain of uh, shoe shops around several towns in the southeast. Uh, they have some remainder stock. Um, it, do businesses 
have that kind of uh, representation on eBay? And if they do, uh, do either of you have any tips on uh, how existing businesses should approach eBay? Yes, they are. Uh, okay. Do you want me to name some names? Yeah, by all means. Okay. Um, next, we're doing it. Okay. Um, Little Woods are doing it. Um, Argos. Shoe, the, the shoe shop. Yeah, yeah. Now, all of those all of those are big, big name brands, which are good examples because people recognize them. Presumably, though, there's nothing to stop, you know, um, small businesses doing the same thing. No, no nothing, there's nothing at all. And they do. I mean, in a lot of ways, eBay is very suited to small businesses uh, because they can be nimble. Personal service really counts. Being swift in dispatch and responsive is 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 all is all stock and trade in eBay. So very often, a small business can out, outperform the big business. In my experience, that's that's certainly true with some of the big businesses using eBay for clearance at the moment. Is that eBay buyers are quite demanding. They require. Um, quite a lot of attention they require quite a lot of hand-holding and they require very swift responses both in terms of delivering their goods and dealing with any queries they get and you do see bigger businesses who are sort of I think quite shocked that in the difference between eBay and their website that, that yeah. you know here are all these buyers who suddenly you know who've, who've been trained by small sellers to expect yeah. a lot of personal service and suddenly they're not getting it from the bigger sellers on eBay so that that is something to bear in mind if you're, you know, if you're a high street name going onto eBay. Yeah, you have to have some service processes in place. No, absolutely. And I think that's actually, uh, but that 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 kind of message is good news for a whole range of businesses on uh, smaller businesses on the high street who may be having a having a, a more difficult time right now, um, and who may not, may not have considered eBay as an option. So um, with a bit of luck, um, that might be one option for them to explore. Um, let's just quickly, though, talk. I know that things have changed a lot on eBay, and I don't want to go into all the all of the um, the controversy um, that has surrounded various changes to the to the system and the ratings and so on and so forth over the last decade. But what are margins like now? Isn't it much much harder, Dan, to make any money? I think it's always tough in business to make money. I think margins are tough. Um, I think the the thing to watch if you're concerned about margins is your fees, yeah, uh, your eBay fees, and there are various ways that eBay has essentially, or is in the process of changing um, the the way that fees are structured to the extent that they're putting the focus very much on the final value fee, so if you like the sales commission, and it's much less on the uh, the upfront fee, the listing fee. Um, so in in terms of that. What are margins like? I think there's always, I think there's been a, always been a lot of businesses on eBay who are running on tighter margins than you might expect, and certainly than are normal for the high street. Yeah. But that's why it's that's why it's so effective as a liquidation channel. Um, if you're on the high street, I mean, I'd be a bit stronger than you on saying, you know, if you're on the high street and you're having a hard time, it might be something you should look at. If you're not already selling online by eBay or Amazon or your own website. I, I think you need to have your head examined, yeah. Because it, it, it's it's it is absolutely the place for growth. 
Absolutely. And let me just explain too that Dan, you're you're happily ensconced in Brighton, hence the seagull noises in the background. I assume, <laughs> unless, unless Sue's on the coast as well. I'm not sure. No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, that was a, that was the Brighton seagull. Yeah, that was your pet seagull, I think. No, it? no, the, the wretched vermin. It was it was uh, it was flying by. Okay. I'm just up from the sea. <laughs> cool. Now. Um, uh, oh dear, seagulls disturbed my train of thought. I did have another question to ask. <laughs> I was going to revisit. Can I say another thing about margin? That yeah, go on. I said the the when it comes to margin as well, the one thing that a lot of eBay sellers forget to um, factor in is their time. Definitely. Uh, and I think it's um, you know you've got to think about because if you're listing and managing and checking emails and dispatching. Um, that's all eating into your your margin if you if you count your time, and that's why, in a funny sense, one of the biggest ways to boost your profitability is through efficiency. And yeah. it's not just about saving money, uh, although of course that's important with you know cutting your costs on postage and packaging and that. But the saving time is your biggest source of profit. Good advice. Now I've remembered my other question, which was. Um, Let's just look a little bit beyond eBay. I mean, clearly over time, when eBay launched, there wasn't really anything else like it. Um, there weren't that many easy or relatively easy opportunities to get online and start selling stuff. Sue, what, as, because these days it's all, particularly online, you want to have a kind of multiple channels to reach Definitely. customers in different ways. What's your advice, Sue, in terms of uh, once you've established your eBay presence, learnt a little bit of perhaps about selling stuff online um, using that nice structured closed system, where do you go from there? Because you, you can't really just focus these days on one channel, can you? No, definitely have your own website. Um, absolutely no question about that. And if the stuff that you sell is covered on Amazon, you should also sell there. Amazon sellers are telling me that their sales on Amazon are very, very stable, very you know reliable month on month. So that's definitely a channel to look at. In terms of eBay competitors, um, other sort of auction sites, I really personally wouldn't bother. I've tried them. There aren't that many buyers. Yeah, They're not really worth wasting your time on. Yeah. Yeah. So basically Amazon and build Amazon your own website. Site. Definitely. Do either of you have any advice on getting an e-commerce site, your own e-commerce site set up? Because there's a lot of issues there that for, for some small businesses, they may concern them like, you know, the liability in terms of payments. Do you start by uh, just using PayPal or do you look at merchant acquiring or what do you what do you do? How should you how should you set up an e-commerce site? Not a big question, of course. You should hire me. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> that presumably is uh, well now you, that, that means you'll be booked up having said that on the show for the next five years. So suggest okay. somebody else as well. <laughs> um, tidy commerce guy called david um i think he's tidycommerce.com and he's very good too okay so basically your advice is get somebody else to do it for you um yes i would i would say get someone else to do it for you unless you already know about web design you know about html you know about um how to build a website and how to integrate it with um with paypal or with other payment systems the amount of money that you will pay out to get someone else to do it is a lot smaller than the amount of time that you will waste trying to get to grips with it yourself. Um, 
I would hire a web designer like I would hire an accountant. You know, it's, yeah. yes, I'm going to have to pay out cash, but it's going to get the job done, get the job done right. Yeah. And without using up hours and hours of my time that I could more profitably spend on other areas of my business. Good answer. And I, and I see a lot of people who have who have had half-built websites for six months <laughs> because, you know, they've, they've got to the bit where they have to figure out how they're going to run the postage. Yeah. And they've got stuff and they don't know what to do and they can't integrate it with PayPal and, you know, and that's that's six months of sales that they've lost. Dan, any advice in terms of in terms of different channels? I mean, I think that's I think that's exactly right. I mean, what I would do is probably sit down with Google and go and find shops you like, um, sites you like and and um, emulate and take that to your, your designer and be clear about what you want. I mean, in terms of payments, um, PayPal's the online payment norm. That said, it, it, the research suggests that the more payment methods you take, the better. So, you know, if you're if you can take credit cards, etc., that so much the better, um, even if it's not necessarily used. And I think the thing is, is and Sue alluded to it. It's, it's just the best way of doing something is just to do it yeah. um, and get out there. And you know, you, your website when it's out there will always is always going to be version one. Once you've got an understanding of, of how it's working, what's working, what isn't working, and diving into the numbers and Google Analytics, you know, version two is probably three six months away. And you know, if you start, if you if you got off, uh, if you got off and did it now, you could very easily have something really up and going for Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, talking about you know, e-commerce is um, e-commerce is outperforming in the in the recession. I mean, funnily, the, the, the worst thing for online business is a, uh, is a good summer. It looks like we're having that at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But I think with the recession, I think what we're going to see is a slower burn Christmas. I think with people, uh, you know, not having as much money, you know, we all sort of snigger at people who start buying presents in August. But plenty, <laughs> plenty of people do. Yeah. And I think we're going to see more of that, people spreading the cost August, September, October, November, all the way through. And I think it's going to be a really classic Christmas e-commerce yeah good finally with an expert's eye from both of you what are two things from each of you that uh you you didn't realize you'd need to know about ebay which were kind of like secrets <laughs> dan <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's secrets uh, if it's a secret but i tell you what um and you are gonna know the ins and outs of postage and dispatch yeah. and carriage and just get on and, and learn it now <laughs> because <laughs> because it's you, you're gonna you're gonna know everything you know every single cheap way of sending stuff yeah. and it's really it's really important so so what are the cheap ways of sending stuff oh it's just you know if you're selling a lot if you're sending a lot of stuff you know the royal mail are falling over themselves to give you bulk discounts yeah. and there are you can organize collections and there are ways you can get discounts by organizing your uh, account online with them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, absolutely look into that. Um, I've certainly found the raw mail to be exceptionally helpful. Yeah. Um, the other thing is um, a, a bit boring. Again, is is just making sure you've got the business fundamentals all sorted mm. um, if you're doing it. So, if you're already running a business, that won't be a problem. But end of year, end of year one for a lot of eBay sellers, I think they sort of sit back and go, "Well, that was." not massively profitable and, and, and a massive amount of work so yeah uh, making sure that you're accounting properly and that you know you've got all your self-employment stuff sorted out if that's what you need i think it's, it's really important if you're going to go at it 
Yeah, good. Sue? Okay, two things. First of all, think like a buyer. Lots of people who will list stuff on eBay full of terms and conditions and all the rest of it and things they want to say. Look at your own listings with with the eyes of somebody who might be about to buy that thing and think, would I buy from this listing? If you wouldn't, do it again. Yeah. The other thing, slightly related, is under-promise and over-deliver. Lots of people on eBay who who want to, you know, attract the buyers in and they say, oh, yes, I dispatch every single day. So long as you pay me before half past four, it'll be in the post by five o'clock. <laughs> yes. It's much better to say, I take two days to post everything. And then when the buyer gets it the next day, it's a very nice surprise yeah. for them. Give people nice surprises, not nasty ones. Great advice. Thanks, Sue Bailey and Dan Wilson. Where should people sit, find you on the web, Sue? Tamebay.com. Dan? Uh, wilsondan.co.uk fantastic thanks guys so there we are lots of superb practical advice there for businesses of all sorts whether your business is online or not i think the the key message from there from that is basically get online uh see what you can do and, and maybe use ebay as a sort of starting point and then expand your channels online to to make the most of your uh, potential revenue and profit. So thanks a lot again to uh, Dan and Sue for all that superb advice. And now, talking of superb advice, uh, we move on to the regular listener book review spot. And this is from uh, Nathan Brown, who runs a business called uh, Checkpoint 101. That's Czech as in Czechoslovakia, or the Czech Republic, I should say. And uh, Nathan has uh, reviewed for us a book called The Complete Guide to Selling a Business by Fred Steingold. So over to you, Nathan. So this is uh, Nathan Brown from Checkpoint 101. I'm doing a book review here for Small Biz Pod. Uh, the title of the book is The Complete Guide to Selling a Business by Fred Steingold. Now Alex was uh, nice enough to let me do this book review on a book I, I read in 2008 actually. Uh, I read at the same time another book on, on selling your business. It was called uh, Unlocking the Value of Your Business by uh, Thomas Horn. Uh, just as a little bit of a background why I read these books. Um, I'm the owner of a, a business, a real estate services business in Czech Republic. Here we have offices in three cities. Uh, my wife and I are originally from Canada. That's why we have our funny accent. And we knew we'd be headed back someday. And we basically wanted to look at ways of uh, maximizing the, the value of the business for resale. So this book here by Steingold, The Complete Guide to Selling a Business, was really the, the book that uh, I was looking for. It's uh, structured very well as well as a, a reference book. So it's easy to go back and find different sections based on what stage you're at in the selling process. As well, I found there's lots of uh, real-life examples in there or real-to-life examples that help you to understand the, the concepts. Now, the book is divided into five major parts. Part one is the overview of the process. So whether you will sell, when to sell, key legal and tax issues, and putting a price on your business. Always a difficult thing. Part two is getting ready to sell. So preparing your business for sale, how to find the right buyer, and then the structure of the sale. Part three is preparing the sales agreements. So an asset sale versus an entity sale. I found in this section many things were specific to the legal system in the States. 
but the suggestions uh, on a lot of the things are practical in, in any legal uh, jurisdiction for sure. Part four is preparing the promissory note and other sales documents. Back up the sales agreement and part five is, is closing the deal. I, I really found this book very practical. Lots of very practical suggestions. For example, uh, that when you're selling your business, the sale of an entity such as your limited liability company would be priced different than, than an asset sale of, of the, what you own under the company. As well, uh, something like a suggestion that installments are better tax-wise than a one-time buyout. Of course, uh, you have to be very careful to secure your payments if you're getting paid out over a period of, of more than one, one uh, year. As well, it, it gave other good suggestions like uh, staying with your company three to six months can really increase the value of your company. Uh, another thing was how to identify possible buyers either ones that are close to your business such as employees or friends or customers and then after that strategic buyers so a business that's the same or similar to yours a complementary business for example a bicycle store might look at buying an exercise equipment store or someone with a tree cutting service might buy a landscaping business because they're complementary or a possible buyer is a supplier or, or major customer. All in all, I found this book very valuable. I've got lots of notes on it, and I keep it uh, on hand as a, as a reference guide. If, if you're looking at selling your business, I mean, this is something, of course, that you can start preparing for years, years in advance. So it's, it's a very good read. I'd really recommend it. And so thanks very much, Alex, for uh, letting me do this uh, book review. And looking forward to hearing more of your your podcasts. Thanks for the for the great service. Well, thank you, Nathan. Another great book review, and I really am tremendously grateful to all of the listeners out there who've uh, sent in book reviews. If you want to review a book, just set, email me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk, and I'll send you a book. Then all you've got to do is review it, like Nathan. Although Nathan had it already, so he's read it, and that was cool. Uh, good stuff. Now on to music for today. And this is a short and sweet track called Sala by Abigail Washburn and the Shanghai Restoration Project with thanks to Iota Promonet.
再活下老水。